there, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of E Pluribus Unum. As discussed, on Fridays, we will be talking about the weekly Torah portion. So uh, as a reminder, the Torah, or the five books of Moses, or the Old Testament, is split into a variety of... I mean, split into chapters, but these are really more... Portion really is the best way of saying it that has... Like, focuses on specific people or a part of a story or laws. Anyway, and every week a different portion is read in synagogue on Saturday, and then we complete the cycle every year on the holiday called Simchat Torah, and then we begin again. So we began a few weeks ago, and we are now in the sixth portion, which is Toldot, or Generations in English, and it's in the book of Genesis. So just a brief overview of what happens and some of you are probably familiar with this story if you've read, oh, I was going to say East of Eden, but that's Cain and Abel. Different set of twin brothers having problems in the Bible. Anyway, so in this week's Torah portion, Rebecca, who's the wife of Isaac, gives birth to twins, uh, Jacob and Asav. Asav is the Hebrew version of Esau. And they grow up to be very different children, different men. Asav is a hunter, and he is he's more of the physical world, whereas Jacob is more of the spiritual world. And there comes a time when Asav has been out hunting, and he comes in famished. He asks Jacob for some of the lentil soup that Jacob is preparing, and Jacob gives some to Asav, but he asks for the birthright in return, and Asav happily gives over the birthright. The birthright is the right of the firstborn. So even though they're twins, Cain, not Cain, again, so many twins in the Torah, or two, but there are two sets, but they're right at the beginning of Genesis, and it's very complicated. Anyway, um, actually, brothers in general in Genesis, there's a lot of fighting. I wonder what that's about. Anyway, Asav came out first, so he got the birthright, and the firstborns had special advantages, but he trades it away for soup to Jacob. Several years later, Isaac thinks he's about to die. Newsflash, or he actually doesn't end up dying, but he thinks he's close to death. So he says to his son, Asav, I would like to bless you, but before I do, please go prepare this food for me. While he is out getting the food to prepare, Rebecca helps Jacob pretend to be Asav, prepares the proper food for him, dresses him up in Asav's clothing. The trick is aided by the fact that Isaac is blind, so Jacob just has to feel like Asav. Asav was hairy, so he wears some hairy clothing, changes his voice a little bit, and thereby fool Isaac. Jacob ends up with the blessing. Asav comes back and is very upset that he has been tricked, and Jacob has to flee for his life. So that's the basic story. Also, within this Parsha, Isaac digs some wells, and there's issue with water rights with him and the Philistines, and why, while that might seem odd to us that people would fight over wells or that digging wells was so interesting, we have to remember that the they were living in a desert, in a place where water didn't come from a faucet, so the ability to have water and also have the have rights 
to use a particular well was no small thing. And to be willing to share water was no small thing. And Isaac certainly set himself apart in that he was willing to share wells when certainly it seems that other people were more likely to not want to share. So certainly a lot of discussions and a lot of writing has been done on whether or not Jacob was right in his deceiving of his father Isaac and of course Rebecca because she helps Jacob do that. I don't want to talk about that because there's plenty of you to read for you to read online and I don't feel learned enough to say anything definitively. Of course, Jacob and Rebecca are respectively a patriarch and matriarch of the Jewish faith, and I believe also in Christianity and possibly in Islam, they are definitely important people. So to argue that they did something entirely wrong seems wrong to do. On the other hand, we also are able to see in the Torah that people have flaws, but sometimes people do the wrong things for the right reasons. So there's a lot on that, but that's not what I want to talk about. There are two other ideas I want to talk about. Well, yeah, two main ones. So, and this will probably come from the part that sounded the most boring, but it has to do with Isaac digging wells. And we're told a lot about Isaac digging wells. And again, this can sound very boring, but if you look at it from a more spiritual perspective, what does it mean that he, what's the importance of digging wells? And there are two different things that can be taken from it. So the first is that Isaac is distinct from his father, Abraham. I, Abraham was gregarious and, and he embodied kindness and he was always kind to visitors and guests and to strangers. And he is depicted as bringing water to people, whereas Isaac is depicted as uh, digging wells. So what's the difference between those two? Abraham brought goodness to people, and because of the force of his character, how overly kind and good he was, he brought godliness to people, and they they learned, and they changed, and they grew. But Isaac dug wells. When you dig wells, you have to dig pretty deep. So what Isaac did, instead of bringing the water to people, bringing them here, this is how you become a good person, this is how you can find God, he represents the idea of finding God within ourselves and digging deep because we all have a spark of godliness or we're all created in God's image. So there's there's something within all of us, and we just have to be willing to dig deep and to work on ourselves to bring it out. And that's sort of similar to the next thought on digging wells. It's that... So we can do it for ourselves. We can look deep within and find the godliness in ourselves. This is not to say that what Abraham did was wrong. Obviously not. Abraham was the first, so he needed to bring it to people because they didn't have it yet. But after Abraham had started spreading the idea, then Isaac could be the one to start helping people find it because they knew that there was a thing to find because Abraham had already revealed to so many people the idea of one God and of living your life for a higher, more ethical purpose. So we can find it within ourselves, but also digging wells means that we can find it in other people. 
and find what? Find goodness and find godliness. Sometimes we might have to dig very deep. Sometimes Isaac had to dig very deep to find water. But if we try and if we persevere, we can dig deep enough inside a person to find the goodness, to find the godliness. And once that's found, then help that person live up to the potential that they have to become a better person, to become morally responsible to the people around them. This is not to say, of course, that there are people who we might consider beyond, I don't want to say beyond saving, but we, we're we not all at the level of the patriarchs. Certainly none of us is God. So some people it will be harder for us to do this for. The, you know, a, a rapist or a child abuser. There are people who it's much harder to see the good within and maybe that's not our job. Maybe that's why psychologists and therapists and re, you know, rehab and counselors, people, people exist that can really do this. But for most of us, for the average person we're going to meet or that regular person in our lives who overall, maybe it's just, you're just a know-it-all, like that person at work who always has to talk in meetings and thinks their voice is the most important that person, we all know that person, they're a very annoying person, but certainly we can help, we can look deep inside that person and find their goodness and then help them bring it out in themselves to become a more moral and ethical person. So that's just a little thought on what would seemingly be a very uninteresting part of the Parsha because Genesis, well, Genesis and Exodus, and actually all five books of the Torah have a lot of interesting stuff going on. I mean, there's, you know, Sodom is destroyed and Judah sleeps with his daughter-in-law who's pretending to be a prostitute. And of course, there's the 10 plagues. There are rebellions. There's a lot of really exciting, interesting stuff that happens in the five books. So certainly wild digging wouldn't seem to be the most interesting, but that's why you're not supposed to just read Torah for the surface. You're supposed to read it with the commentary and then with more and more and more commentary and to think about into I mean people have studied the Torah and the study never stops because there's so much wisdom to be found but you really can't read it just on the surface you have to I mean some things you can you know some laws are very clear you were a stranger in Egypt so be kind to strangers okay we learned from our experience now we're going to be kind to strangers that one's pretty clear but so many things need commentary and need deep thought and understanding. So, well digging. Who knew how much you could learn from well digging? So, that's just a one little quick thought on the parsha. I'll leave you with one other thing. This one also from the book of Jewish Values by Joseph Tlushkin that it is incumbent upon us as humans to learn goodness from the bad things that happen. We all know that it's very common for a child who is abused to then grow up to be a parent who abuses, or someone who's teased to then tease others, or someone who's had something bad happen to them to say, well, you know, they weren't fair to me, so I'm not going to be fair to someone else. But that's not the lesson we're supposed to learn. We're supposed to learn the complete opposite, which is this bad thing happened. It made me feel bad. It made me feel worthless. It made me feel sad. I am going to be better. I'm going to act differently because now I know what it means when this bad thing happens. Wow, that was a lot. So many things 
from the Parsha and from Torah and what a beautiful way to go into Shabbos, whether you celebrate it on Saturday or you celebrate the Sabbath on Sunday, or if you're just looking for a day of rest, which I highly recommend to everyone, take a break from social media and from work, turn everything off and just spend time with your friends and family, read some books, go outside. It really is an amazing reset for your body and for your soul, which is why it is said that more than the Jews have kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath has kept the Jews throughout all of these centuries and all the different places that the Jews have traveled to. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to E Pluribus Unum. I hope today's episode made you think or brought some clarity and positivity to your day. Subscribe to the show to always get the most recent episode directly to your device. Please leave a rating and a review and share the show with your family, friends, or anyone you think might benefit from a little Torah wisdom and conservative thoughts. For more of my thoughts and ideas I share from others, please follow me on Instagram at conservativejewishfemale or read my blog conservativejewishfemale.blogspot.com. The intro outro music is Chopin's Waterfall Etude. Have a great day.